Good morning, everyone. We welcome you to our Sunday morning roundtable discussion with our subject on mind today. We are recording from the Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent, Plainfield, New Jersey, in the United States of America. And we thank you all very much for joining us this morning. Just before we start our prayer, I, I want to mention that we have had some, I guess you'd call them complaints, about the noise that goes on during the roundtable. I, I am probably the chief offender because I have all these papers and books. I'll try to be more mindful of that. But for all of you, just be very aware. We have a very sensitive mic, and it picks up everything, and um, it could be distracting. And if Sharon mutes you, it's nothing personal. Um, we hate to mute people. We really do, because I know it makes it easier to speak when you're not muted and they have to star star. But please bear with us on that and try to be as quiet as possible. Everyone. Thank you very much. Okay, we'll start with the morning prayer. I'm reading from Unity of Good, page two. Miscellaneous Writings, page 279, and Science and Health, 180, all short excerpts. The true man really saved is ready to testify of God in the infinite penetration of truth and can affirm that the mind which is good or God has no knowledge of sin. In the same manner, the sick lose their sense of sickness, and gain that spiritual sense of harmony which contains neither discord nor disease. We today, in this classroom, are enough to convert the world if we are of one mind. For then the whole world will feel the influence of this mind, as when the earth was without form, and mind spake, and form appeared. When man is governed by God, the ever-present mind who understands all things, man knows that with God, all things are possible. Mary Baker Eddy. Beautiful, thank you. The watching point. Watching point number 209. Watch lest you approach your problems as if you had to use your understanding to solve them. When the only scientific attitude with which to approach a problem is to know that you have none, divine mind holds the solution for every problem on the basis that to God there are no problems. Thus, you do not solve a problem in Christian science. You reflect a mind that knows no problems, and the effect of this reflection on your seeming problem is to meet it, whatever it may be. Human sense then rejoices, declaring that the problem has been solved. In reality, the belief that you had a problem has been destroyed. The student who goes around believing that he has problems and seeking help from divine mind to solve them, will find that that attitude may prove a deterrent. From the human standpoint, everything is a problem. From the divine standpoint, there are no problems. 
Thank you. Okay, comments. I love that. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. Yeah, that I I like that that watch. It, it just make, really makes it simple that if you are reflecting the divine mind, which we are know to to not be knowing that all the time, we can't even see or be aware of a problem because we're saying that mind knows of a problem, but that's an impossibility, as you know. So it's it's been very helpful for me to see that. The mind that I am <clears throat> reflecting is the mind that sees no problems. So there's nothing to heal. Just reflect. Thank you. I think it becomes difficult when you are seeing the problem. <laughs> you say something is on your face or something. But it's to really look away all the time and persist in the truth of your perfection. The perfect, what makes you perfect and one with God. And it's this persisting in the truth that Saul said is the absolute truth. And he says that is the absolute that Saul says. Yes. Always God being all. And um, that's why, as we talked about last week with soul, the beauty of soul, you know, if you think you have something on your face or anywhere that's not right, instead of focusing and trying to get rid of what's not right you focus on the beauty of soul and your expression is the beauty of soul and you will find the problem just fades away diminishes and and but focus on on the enduring the good and the true as mrs eddie says focus on what is real don't get boggled down in what's wrong and trying to fix and change what's wrong because then you've inadvertently made a reality of it now, you see, the human mind is always uh, trying to correct things humanly, right? The human mind creates the problem, then tries to correct it humanly, which is the hu a huge problem. This is what's the problem with government. <laughs> the problem gets created, and then, then they try to solve it, and everyone has different ideas as to how to solve it, and starts arguing over those ideas. Um, pandemic is a perfect perfect illustration it was created by the human mind and now the human mind is trying to get rid of it and everyone has different ideas how that is and as christian scientists we just stay out of that fray okay not the truth not the truth i i just wanted to talk about you know the watching point that i was reading notes on the course in divinity given by Mary Baker Eddy, recorded by Lida Fitzpatrick, which is on our website. And in Gilbert Carpenter's preface to that, he says, he talks about how Mrs. Eddy told people if they come to her home, they will get the Course in Divinity. But it turns out that the Course in Divinity is what God teaches you directly. So she just got people ready to, to have it, you know? So he said, when, when a problem is placed before the student, the solution of which defies his trained human mind, the despair he feels over the inadequacy of the human mind to supply the solution helps to drive him to the use of the divine mind, which of necessity involves the use and development of spiritual sense. So, Thank really you. Like <laughs> yeah, very good. Absolutely. 
you have to develop the spiritual sense, which we should be doing day by day in everything we do. And this is how we gain our strength and our understanding by living it day by day, because we all have these challenges, whatever they are, to realize, again, the omnipotence, omniscience, omnipresence of God. There's nothing else. Anybody else on that? That's a, a good watching point. And two, we know there's no, we don't heal. People don't heal, right? God heals. It's always by reflection. I can of my own self do nothing. Someone going to say something? All right. <clears throat> um, Shardell, would you read the the golden text, please? <clears throat> and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Thank you. Now, one of the uh, ways that you can know you're in the right mind is the peace you feel, right? You're not all You have a sense of peace, even when all kinds of things can be going on around you. This is one of the things I, I have loved. I know Florence has talked about it, too. We love to observe in the chosen all kinds of things can be going on, right? And he never acts ruffled. I not say, oh my gosh, what am I going to do now? And that, um, I thought it was a beautiful example in season three, episode seven, when, you know, I guess two of his disciples had gone out to Decapolis and raised a ruckus because <laughs> there were all kinds of people. There were all kinds of thoughts. I had to look all that up. I guess it was a very kind of a Greek establishment. So he's met, Jesus is, and, and his disciples are met by all these people all upset with him. And Jesus remained peaceful, right? And, and what, yeah. is, what does he tell his disciples to do? Sit down. Sit down. Yeah. So, and we don't need thunder. <laughs> <laughs> right, and we don't need thunder. I know. Now that was a, that was just a sign of of what? Assurance that I am connected. He's with God. I mean, they have to calmness. It's this calmness that he always displays. Thank so you. Beautiful. Right. And that calmness is the dominion that God gives each one of us when we stay in the right mind. He wasn't, he wasn't moved by the other people's agitation. That made me think of where he says, the prince of this world cometh and findeth nothing in me. So all this, you know, troubled thought and anger came right knocking at the door, but didn't get the same response. You know, it, it got, it got the response of spiritual sense and, you know, in God's presence. And that was that calmed everything down. You know, it's just he didn't react to what the human mind was throwing out. Correct. Thank you, Jeremy. In Dominion Within by Kratzer, there's a Henry Drummond quote. Jesus life outwardly was one of the most troubled lives that ever, was ever lived. Tempest and tumult, tumult and tempest. The waves breaking over all the time. But the inner life was a sea of glass. The great calm was always there. 
at any moment you might have gone to him and found rest. Thank you. Yeah, that's absolutely perfect. Thank you. Yes. And, and this is what we, we should strive for. And telling the disciples were surprised. What do you mean sit down? (laughs) There's all this angry crowd. He wants to sit down. Um, But in doing so, it, it, it showed submission to God quietness, meekness, humbleness, um, And then through his healing work, not by talking, he talked to his disciples, but not by lecturing to all these other people. And and in healing, then what happens next? Healing. And that got everybody's attention. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. You saw the power right there. Mm -hmm. You saw the power, and then everybody sat down. So it's it. These are just such examples how to handle this, and um, rather than getting all upset and wired up yourself, keep that peaceful, that glass in you, and and through your actions more than your words, you will quiet the storm. And all, and it works because mm-hmm. it's God working in you. Yeah. It's not like you have to know what to do. Thank you. In every circumstance. You just have to be what God made and listen for God's instruction. And God God will God will tell you. You, 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 can't, you yeah. can't hear it if you're all fretful. Yeah. Yeah. And when Jesus was instructing his disciples, telling them that, you know, they're going to go before kings and, you know, judges and stuff like that, they're going to be brought before people because they're going to be persecuted. He instructs them, don't worry about what you're going to say. God will give the right words to say at the time. Yes, and this is important because sometimes people will say, well, what do I say in different situations or what do I do in different situations? And it's you can't tell anybody that for this very reason. God tells you at the time you will know. And in this this instance, this is what Jesus did. I don't maybe in another instance he would have done something else, but it was certainly a beautiful example of his peace be still within him. Um. And we all we all yearn for that peace. And it can't be the peace, peace where there is no peace. So we've talked about that, too. It is meeting the problem with the allness of God, which is in the responsive reading. I am the Lord and there is none else. There's nothing else but God. So therefore, there's no reason to fear of this angry mob. There is none else. So God is God was in the in that mob. You just have to see see it and bring it out, which the Christ did. And and you can tell if you're not meeting something, because if you're fearful and you feel like you're running, that means you're not meeting it. It's got you on the run. You're not meeting it. You're ignoring it. You're you're just you're not dealing with it. You're just running. You're trying not to think about it. You're pretending it doesn't exist. You're pushing it under the carpet. But you have not met it. Meeting it, you you see what it's trying to say and do. Then you know the truth about it until you get your peace and you no longer believe it to be real. Then you've met it. I like the 
as we grew up, kids get a lot of practice in that. They were taught to do their night prayers. And they've, uh, I know, no matter what's happening during the day, we typically wake up at peace. <laughs> and it's, uh, it's an example. You know, just trust God, and then he just clears out everything. And it becomes a nice crystal clear lake of peace. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. And I loved it. It was Izzy's testimony on Wednesday where, you know, she had those flashing lights on the van. But what I loved about it was what she said about trusting God with it. And and she had parents that she trusted completely. And if if you've ever had anybody in your life that you've trusted, um, you you would just, you have this feeling, as she said, well, they'll sort it out for you. You know, they'll figure it out. And that's how we should feel about God. No matter how awful the situation might be, trust him. He'll, he will sort it out. And that's what Craig was talking about, that childlike trust, taking the Father's hand and knowing God will sort it out. And it doesn't have to be, a, a, you know, a... A threatening crowd or a crisis or something like that it oftentimes it'll be a family member upset about something <laughs> that will try to throw you off and um you really you know you have to have the same attitude whether it's a family member or a distant person who seems to have an angry attitude that you've never met before. It's the same thing. And you have to meet it the same way with, with, with the power of God and not with a, any kind of a human um, approach. You'll be amazed what it'll do. Now, um, Carrie sent me a couple beautiful things about the golden text. Uh, one was this, healthfulness is contagious. The sunny spirit will radiate sunshine. But if his work is to be permanent, he must remember always that his plea is not for a mood, but for the master. The peace that brings quietness and confidence is Christ's peace. It is not an achievement though persistent effort helps to make it effective, but a gift to the man who has made a wholehearted surrender to Christ and is eager to learn of and be led by him. The peace of God which passeth all understanding shall guard your heart and your thoughts in Christ Jesus. I love that because where, she's, where he says, it's not a plea for a mood but for the Christ. It's not telling yourself, oh, calm down, be quiet, you know, <laughs> which I have Doesn't done. Work. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a plea for the Christ. Again, for reflection of God. That's the peace. Otherwise, it's a tenuous peace. You can have it, maybe you can calm yourself down for a few minutes, but then pretty soon you're off the charts again. <laughs> There's a cartoon I saw years ago. It says, it's like a cartoon dog sitting at a desk. The whole room's on fire, but he just says, everything's fine. <laughs> you don't want to be like that. No. <laughs> no. So, and then this from um, William McKenzie, one of my favorites. 
he says about this golden text. Peace, peace is the stillness of heart when fear is gone. Technically, it means the absence or cessation of war, but there is also the thought of reconciliation between foes suggested. Enmity and strife have given place to friendship and concord when peace is established. When there is peace in the heart, the peace of God which passeth all understanding, the man can no more be agitated by fear, disturbed by doubt, inflamed by passion, or arise to anger. He is master of the disturbing elements. He is able to receive the worst. Oh, he, was, he is able to receive the word, be still and know that I am God. More than that, he is actively engaged in establishing the concord of love. The fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. It is indeed a royal privilege to be a peacemaker, to work out reconciliations between men, to prove them to be at one with love, and so establish the atonement between God and man. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Now, this is another indication that you have the mind of Christ. Jesus, he did not see these this angry mob as all these factions, and which the disciples were having trouble with, you know, the Jews and the Greeks and the this and the that. He, he saw them all as God's children, all as one, which is what we as Christian scientists must do. And this goes to science and health. Number nine in the lesson, having one God, one mind, unfolds the power that heals the sick and fulfills these sayings of the scripture. I am the Lord that healeth thee, and I have found a ransom. When the divine precepts are understood, they unfold the foundation of fellowship in which one mind is not at war with another, but all have one spirit, God, one intelligent source. In accordance with the scriptural command, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. I, I love that one intelligent source. When you're reflecting God, you're intelligent and you've got wisdom and, and you know this nonsense of uh, not getting along with people is nonsense. And you feel that inner peace just as, as Jesus did. And in, in the chosen over and over again, what Get used to different. He, you know, everybody, everybody is part of this. No one is excluded. It's brought out time and time again. And and this this is again having the one mind. They're not factions. There's peace, and there's brotherhood and love amongst each other. And all of these are signs you're in that right mind. If you're not, and you're you're seeing your brother in the wrong light or even your family members Gary's talks about <laughs> or whoever it is um, you're not in that you're not in that right mind you've got to get back to it <clears throat> and there was something that I had been looking for I was so grateful that Linda found for me um, it is this and, and it is from the blue book on page 243 in one of Mrs. Eddy's classes, there was a woman who had a strong sense of resentment and condemnation toward her husband, who was very immoral. 
Mrs. Eddy said to her that Jesus healed the Magdalene by condemning the sin, but not the woman. The lady answered, Yes, but I have not the consciousness that Jesus had. Our leader instantly rebuked this by saying that she could claim the Christ consciousness, for otherwise she could not heal a single case of sin or sickness. The student's consciousness was so influenced that her, that her state of mind completely changed toward her husband. And when she returned home, she found him healed. Do you know how many times we say we don't have that Christ mind or we reject it? Anytime we don't think we can do something or we can't heal something or we can't do this or that or whatever. You have to claim it. And, and it's, it's more than just stating it. I know we in the morning you're to get up and know I've got have the mind of Christ. God is mind. God is my mind. God is the only pure and perfect mind. But then you go through your day with this Christ mind. And, so pro I, and prove it. Prove it. And if we can prove it, we've got it. Prove it by using it. Mm -hmm. Exactly. This is not an impractical theory. This is the practical truth. It is possible. Yeah, and it's it's our duty and privilege every day to prove it. And so what if it's small ways? When you're proving it in the small ways, then if something so-called bigger comes along, you won't be knocked over. <laughs> You'll be ready for it, just as the story of David, right? The shepherd boy. All the things that he overcame as a shepherd boy. And he was ready for Goliath. And he was ready to become King David. Um, you prove it. And you prove it with what you have. It's another good testimony Wednesday about um, what you have is sufficient. Okay. You know, something comes up and you, during the day, you said, oh my gosh, I got to run home and read my books or something. No, no, you have is sufficient for the moment. It's a very important point. I mean, I don't know how many times with people, they're always asking, give me something else. Give me something else to study. Give me something else to study. Hey, wait a minute. What about the thing I gave you last week? <laughs> have you used that at all? No, there's a lot of tr doubt with what you gave last week. <laughs> yeah, well, there you are. So you need to get back to the drawing board and get rid of that doubt and use what use that which you were given. Prove it. Just like David did with his sling and stone. What you have is sufficient. You have to know that. And that doesn't mean that you don't open your, your thought up to more and more because it's constant unfoldment. Yes, it does. But you've got to know if something comes to you at the moment, what you know is sufficient to handle it. If it's reflection, right? Yeah. Otherwise, you're always, again, you're always running, running more, more accretion, not unfoldment. I got to know more. I got to know this. I don't know enough. I mean, all those are. You're, you're, you're denying the Christ consciousness. 
that's within mm -hmm. you. Christ consciousness have everything you need? I, I would think so. Lawrence? No, I mean, if you are really humbly observing the supremacy of God, Christ within you, then you know that whatever you're knowing is of God and therefore powerful for the yeah. moment. And as a watching point brought out, you know, the, the reflection that knows no problem in the first place. It's so it's so at peace, which is why it brings out such perfection and the results. This really contradicts all material sense, doesn't it? Yes. Because the material sense is showing you stuff 24-7 that is opposite to what God made. We, we, so we have to be constantly contradicting what material sense is trying to tell us. That is the job of a Christian scientist. To contradict the error with the truth. I mean, and it's, you know, it's not easy, as we, as we all know. It's work. But it's joyous work. Because you can judge it by the fruits, by the healing, by the peace, by the by the demonstrations that it produces, it works. And that is why we study it. And that is why we're all here. I think that's why uh, the Lord's Prayer, the section about, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Um, and God lead us not into temptation, but deliver us as from sin, disease, and death, and says the Father, help me not to see as real as anything I see, I hear, I believe, or feel. I think that's very helpful. Has been very helpful. Yeah. yeah. And this is the importance of working with the Lord's Prayer, working with it, not just saying it by rote, but thinking, what does it mean? Because if we, as we've talked about in the past, first the suggestion comes that something's wrong, and then comes the temptation to believe it. That's why you need God to help you not be tempted. And to know, again, as the responsive reading says, I am the Lord and there is none else. To know that you are going to obey the first commandment and not believe in a power apart from God. The lesson says, nothing is real and eternal, nothing is spirit, but God and his idea. Evil has no reality. It is neither person, place, nor thing, but is simply a belief and illusion of material sense. So what evil are you giving reality to? Because in doing that, you are disobeying the first commandment. Get down to basics. Clear your thought. And I know sometimes, especially when you're starting out, I mean, I have people call me, I'm telling you, everything in their life is wrong. I mean, everything, according to what they tell me, every, there's not one single thing that's going on that's good. So what do you do with that? You start where you are, and, and you. it's like, 
throwing boulders out of the way, <laughs> rocks. So to make the pathway clear, whatever the suggestion is, okay, it's, you know, you can't stand your wife. Okay, let's work on that. Get your thought clear about that, that every part of your body is sick. Work on that one thing at a time. Keep at it. And you will find your way to the light, to the perfect day. But you got to start somewhere. And it's you can't just throw your hands up and give up. And mainly, you can know it once again that none of it is real because God made all. And if he didn't make it, then this is an illusion that you've been believing. And everybody has something in their life that they can be grateful for to start with, to thank God for. Yes, no matter how dire the situation might seem, there's always things to be grateful for. Always. Start there, just like Jesus and the loaves and the fishes. He was saying, does anybody have anything, anything at all, anything? And they came up with a few loaves and a few fishes. And he, from there, he fed 5,000. That uh, article, beautiful article, what have you in the house? On that, uh, it's about the Bible story. Where, where is it? Elijah or Elisha asks. The oil. The oil, yeah. You take whatever it is you have. That's why what you have is sufficient. And build on that. And also the idea that um, the divine, uh, that God is all and there is none else goes with citation two in the lesson. <clears throat> the divine mind that made man maintains his own image and likeness. The human mind is opposed to God and must be put off, as St. Paul declares. <clears throat> Excuse me. All that really exists is the divine mind and its idea. And in this mind, the entire being is found harmonious and eternal. Now, the straight and narrow way is to see and acknowledge this fact. Yield to this power and follow the leadings of truth. This is a tremendous statement. It's all in here. The allness of God. All that really exists is God. And then this is the straight and narrow way. This is why it, it takes work. First, But first you have to acknowledge the fact. Because mo most people, are, there are people that say you're crazy. That's not true. Of course there's evil in this world. So you have to be willing to trust Mrs. Eddy and the Bible. And then to yield to that power. Give it to him. And then follow the, the leadings of truth. The Sermon on the Mount, all of these things, you all of it plays in together. It's quite beautiful, actually. <clears throat> so with that, the human mind is opposed to God and must be put off. So what did you write about, Jeremy? Oh, um, and Luke 8 with Jairus and his daughter. I just got thinking about Mrs. Eddie. She says on 215 in the Blue Book, let error kill itself. It comes to you for life, and you give it the only life it has in belief, end quote. So I was just thinking about how Jairus and, you know, everyone around him were really buying into that error about his daughter. And, you know, he put, started putting his last hope on Christ Jesus, 
to come and deal with it. And then when he was with Jesus and the, the person from his household come, came and said, thy daughter is dead, trouble not the master, Jesus had to remind Jairus to believe and to have that um, the perception of spiritual truth, which is a part of the definition of believing in science and health, which I love that. Um, so I don't know, I just really liked getting into that story and seeing that all the ways that, you know, even even I have given error to life and really trying to get down to the bottom and see that it's not not real. So, and that's what he ended up proving to them. It was not real. The daughter is not dying. All is well. So. Yeah. <clears throat> and Era will argue with you or, or make fun of you, mock you. Uh, and you've got to be stronger than that. Um, what did you, you called it a negative watch, right? Yeah, negative watch. People get really invested in their dream. <laughs> yes. So. Mrs. Evans used to say that the hardest thing to overcome was someone who had a firm conviction in what they believed in. Firm conviction. And um, you, you can see, I'll take the pandemic as an example again. You, you tell people it's not true, it's not real. <laughs> they're not going to, I mean, if they're invested in all this medication and all this, uh, what's happening and read all this stuff and vaccinated and booster shotted and all this stuff, they're not going to say, oh, yeah, you're right. Um, so you have to just keep quiet sometimes with the truth you know and let the leaven of of truth work. Uh, you all, all of Materia Medica is invested very much so in all of this. So, again, as, who is it, Big Dal Young says, yeah, keep quiet and it's all good. <laughs> just keep knowing what you're knowing and let God do this work. Um, thank you. That was a good point. And it's something always to be considered in the work that we have to overcome the so-called opposition. But Martha Wilcox says it quite beautifully that the opposition is even that is in your own thought. <laughs> so you can't see it as opposition. You have to see it again as God is all. They're all receptive to this truth. They all will know it. They can oppose it. Um, all these wonderful things to work with. And in that way, we, bit by bit, rise above it. I think one of the other things very difficult to, to change is that when people really believe that someone is doing something with their thinking to them. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it's imp I think it's helpful to me to to uh, to realize that the opposition to the truth is really nothing more than ignorance. I mean, sometimes it can be malicious, but generally it's just it's ignorance of the truth. Yes, mm -hmm. it's firm conviction in a false belief that is ignorant of the truth. And you know, I mean, we, we you can see it in in Jesus. Uh, life you know he took pity on people who were ignorant and opposed him he wanted to help them out of their ignorance and that is the love that keeps loving <laughs> loves under any circumstance and that is the cross that we are asked to bear 
to, to love our enemies. Because if, if they weren't ignorant, they wouldn't be an enemy. If anybody really knew what Christian science is, they would embrace it. So with that, you know, we, we, can, we can face anything. And we can help people out of their ignorance if they are willing to be helped. And if they're not, then we leave them in God's hands and, you know, in God's time, they will, they will see the light. They will be ready. But that's the, that's the expectation that we have to have. And that goes back to, um, you know, that we all have one intelligent source. So it's in there. It's in everybody. And we have to see it in everyone because it is there. It's just the illusion that makes you think that they don't or they're not getting it. That's why Mrs. Eddy says to work every day that the world is ready for Christian science. So, and, and I love this also in the lesson. Our system of mind healing rests, rests on the ap apprehension of the nature and essence of all being on the divine mind and love's essential qualities. So beautiful. This is our, what our system of healing rests on. Its pharmacy is moral and its medicine is intellectual and spiritual, though used for physical healing. Yet this most fundamental part of metaphysics is the one most difficult to understand and demonstrate. For to the material thought, all is material, till such thought is rectified by spirit. But we, we have such a wondrous way for healing. And Mrs. Eddy said in healing, when you have a healing in science, you're morally uplifted, right? Your whole life changes. Things, the whole world was using this as a way of healing. We would all be one in love. So, but we always start with ourselves. And then that word maintain because remember, God maintains you. You're his image and likeness. To hold, preserve, keep in any particular state or condition, to support, to sustain, not to suffer, fail, or decline, to support with food, clothing, and other conveniences, and to defend. Again, trust your father, mother, God. He'll sort it out. If you think you don't have enough supply, no, this is saying God maintains you. You'll have what you need when you need it. If you think you need someone to defend you, God is your defense. Jesus never tried to defend himself. He knew God would do it. He would defend others, but never himself. And then to keep any part um, any particular state or condition to keep it in, in perfect order this gets rid of growing old or sick or any of those things can't fail or decline or be useless or be useless God is sustaining you so no he is maintaining your image and likeness in exactly according to him and then I love this from Unity of Good, page 24. I've shared it before, but mortal mind is the opposite of immortal mind and sin the opposite of goodness. I am the infinite all, 
From me proceedeth all mind, all consciousness, all individuality, all being. My mind is divine good and cannot drift into evil. To believe in minds many is to depart from the supreme sense of harmony. Your assumptions insist that there is more than one mind, more than one God. But verily I say unto you, God is all in all, and you can never be outside of his oneness. Verily I say unto you. So beautiful. Never can be outside of God's oneness. Um, so, Shardell, you talk about oneness when what oh, you wrote. Oh, yes. It's, it's just so wonderful. And, and I actually honestly can say that I think about it more because being here, I think about it more about this oneness. And it's from Ephesians. And then Mary Baker Eddy. The one body, one spirit, one hope, one Lord, one faith, uh, and it's one God above all. And it goes on. And then Mary Baker Eddy says, it should be thoroughly understood that all men have one mind, one God, and Father, one life, truth, and love. And it goes on. Yes. There again, that's our unity. Yeah. Our, our position of unity and, and love. And and what did you say about it, how you love to think about it? Um, oh, shall I tell that? Yeah. Well, it, and Christian science teaches this oneness with our Father, Mother, God, and Christ Jesus. I can feel this comforting fact that is above all and through all and in you all. To think on this while doing my daily work, watching, praying, and attending to tasks makes all things possible and beautiful. Thank you. Now that's living it. That's living all those statements. And you see, she makes it simple. She's living it in her daily life, all that she does. She's thinking about that. This is how you do it. You think on these things. And there was a be another beautiful article Carrie sent called Guests of God, which talks about I am the Lord and there is none else. else. Um, there is in re reality no other kingdom but God's kingdom. Dear ones, we are the guests of God. And that's lovely to think on. I I've often tell you to stay in the Father's house. Well, in truth, there is no other house. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, you are a guest of God here. Think, I love to think about that. I'm a guest of God. You know, uh, he's taking care of my every need. My surroundings are beautiful. You're a guest of God. Think on that in your home or wherever you are. And it doesn't matter if you live in a hovel. If you're knowing you're a guest of God, it can become quite beautiful. You are a guest of God. Um, now, Nancy wrote about some things she found in 197. 1927 College, Bigdal Young, which we're going to close on. He's written some beautiful things about mind and mortal mind. And also, he's written the article, God is Individual Consciousness. And it is really superb. And we have it written for him in an audio to spend time just listening. It's 40 minutes long, but it's powerful. 
And um, some person, I don't know who it was, just wrote anonymously and said, you know, we really need to record this. And we did. Now it's got thousands of views. But I'm so grateful. That's why I'm grateful for all of you who come up with simple ideas, things we can do. <laughs> um, thank you for that. So, Gary, we'll close on this. This is Bicknell uh, Young, 1937 College. Mind's demonstration of intelligence has never been reversed, interrupted, or impeded. Man's oneness with the intelligence and divine faculties of mind is forever demonstrated. A divine idea carries within itself the power to accomplish the divine purpose, and the responsibility of its unfoldment belongs to divine principle who cares for each detail of its progressive being. All the qualities of God good are expressed in man, his reflection, and no one quality or function is missing or inactive. There is a vast wealth of ideas hidden to material sense, but ceaselessly flowing from God and available to all. Mind expresses itself in continuous activity, in harmony, joy, and infinite unfoldment, in ever self-renewal, in inexhaustible self-refreshment. Rely on mind to do everything. It is not a matter of what others may think. In the measure of your clearness, we are unassailable. The only mind there is, is right here, and we only need to claim it as ours to find how available God is to us. All of mind is present with all of its infinite possibilities, and that is the law to this occasion. Claim your divine right to understand it right now. It all belongs to you. Claim it and expect it. There is not a thing in the whole universe of truth that is not yours right now. Individual man has at his disposal the infinity of ideas to apprehend forever. There is no limit to the possibility of unfoldment. There is a power always available to you that is greater than any human power and superior to any combination of circumstances. The thought which is in accord with God is allied to omnipotence. Thank you all for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.